was hard. Gentlemen, meat must be tenderized with mallets. Begin like so. He swung his stick at Gaius' head, catching him over the ear. The world went white, then black. Gaius woke and went back under a couple of times in the daylight, but it was dusk when he was finally able to stay conscious. His right eye was a heavy mass of blood, and his face felt swollen and caked in stickiness. They were still upside down and swinging gently as the evening breeze came in from the hills. Wake up, Marcus! Marcus! His friend didn't stir. He looked terrible. The crust of mud had broken away and there was now only grey dust streaked with red and purple. His jaw was swollen and a lump stood out on his temple. His left hand was fat and had a bluish tinge in the failing light. Gaius tried to move his own hands held by the twine. Though painfully stiff, they both worked, and he set about wriggling them free. The burst of fresh pain was ignored. One hand came free and he reached down to the ground, scrabbling in the dead leaves. Yes, a stone with a sharp edge. Marcus, can you hear me? I'm going to get us down, don't you worry. Then I'm going to kill Suetonius and his fat friends. Marcus swung gently in silence, his mouth slack. Gaius took a deep breath and readied himself for the pain. Go. He heaved himself up, crying out with the pain from his bruised stomach. He jackknifed the branch and gripped it, lungs heaving with the effort. He felt weak and his vision blurred. He thought he would vomit as he soared at the twine. Then it parted and he hit the ground and sobbed as his tortured muscles twitched and jumped. He tried to ease Marcus down, but the weight was too much, and the thump made him wince. As Marcus landed, he opened his eyes at the fresh pain. My hand, he whispered, his voice cracking. Broken, I'd say. Can you stand? What can I think? Antonius is a bastard, Marcus muttered. He spoke through fat and broken lips. Gaius nodded grimly. True. We have a score to settle. Marcus smiled and winced. Not until we've healed a bit, though, eh? Propping each other up, the two boys staggered home in the darkness, walking a mile over the cornfields, past the slave quarters for the field workers and up to the main buildings. The oil lamps were still lit, lining the walls of the main house. Tobruk will be waiting for us. He never sleeps, Gaius muttered as they passed under the pillars of the outer gate. A voice from the shadows made them both jump. Good thing, too. I would have hated to miss this spectacle. You're lucky your father is not here. He'd have taken the skin off your backs for returning to the villa looking like this. Tobruk stepped into the yellow light of the lamps. He was a powerfully built ex-gladiator who'd bought the position of overseer to the small estate outside Rome and never looked back. Gaius' father said he was one in a thousand for organizing talent. He sniffed at the two boys. Or in the river, did we? Smells like it. They nodded happily at this explanation. And you, you didn't pick up those stick marks from a river bottom, did you? Suetonius, was it? No, Tobruk. We had an argument and fought each other. No one else was involved, and even if there had been, we would want to handle it ourselves, you see. Tobruk grinned at this from such a small boy. He was forty-five, with hair that had gone grey in his thirties. 
He had been a legionary in Africa in the Third Cyrenaica Legion, and had fought nearly a hundred battles as a gladiator, collecting a mass of scars on his body. He put out his great spade of a hand and rubbed his square fingers through Gaius' hair. I do see, little wolf. You are your father's son. You cannot handle everything yet, though. You are just a little lad, and Suetonius is shaping into a fine young warrior. Mind yourselves. His father is too powerful to be an enemy in the Senate. Gaius drew himself up to his full height and spoke as formally as he knew how. It is luck, then, that Suetonius is in no way attached to ourselves, he replied. Tobruk nodded, trying not to grin. Gaius continued more confidently. Send Lucius to me to look at our wounds. My nose is broken, and almost certainly Marcus' hand is the same. Tobruk watched them totter into the main house and resumed his talk.